live from the internet, it's the Narrative After Show, bringing you the entire week in review, with Rachel Finnecoffer, Eric Garland, and here's your host, Zev Chalet. Sometimes it's a miracle that we get on the air. Tonight is one of those nights, um, but we're here. We made it. Hi, Eric Garland. How are you doing? I'm good. My amplifier setup. I haven't got the stereo between the tube amp and the uh, solid state amp. I've got it's a mess over here too. Okay, good, good. I'm glad everyone's feeling as, as delighted as we are with technology tonight. Um, we have got a good show tonight because we're going to talk all about all hell, King Elon. It seems that even though some of us predicted the Elon Musk deal may be dead in time of trying to buy Twitter, that he may still have a, a second, maybe a third life. Who knows what it is? Um, he's still trying, in other words. And we're going to show you how he's trying to buy Twitter. And it's not pretty because it looks like he might buy Twitter. But we'll also explain to you why that is a terrible, terrible thing. A really, really awful, bad, not good idea for him to buy Twitter. Because some of his partners, you know, a little bit, um, how can I say this? Not, not as... Uh, pro-free speech as he pretends to be. So, you know, that's uh, coming up. Plus, we'll talk a little bit about uh, SCOTUS and why it's still so corrupt, particularly because, you know, remember that thing? Remember that's that moment Anthony Kennedy, the former chief justice, was, I don't know what he was doing at, with the White House, but he was there at the White House and Donald Trump walks him away. They're not supposed to be at the White House is the other thing. They're supposed to be complete total separation between the executive branch and the judicial branch. They're not supposed to have those meetings. So like Clarence Thomas was never supposed to be in his office, taking a promo shot. It was kind of their right, right. early way of telling us that they were full of shit. So do you remember that moment though? That, that weird moment, he, Trump is walking away with Kennedy towards his office. And oh, then yeah. he says something to him and Kennedy's visibly shocked. No one really knows what was said. However, it was soon afterwards that Kennedy sort of retired early. We will explain exactly what happened and um, also explain the, the connections between the Kennedy spawn, the son of Kennedy, who was also Donald Trump's uh, you know, most trusted banker at Deutsche Bank for a long period of time, because nothing looks um, less corrupt than that. Uh, so that is all coming up. And I think it's going to be really interesting because the two stories actually collide, believe it or not. But uh, you've got some news for us. And by the way, we're still waiting for Kerry Kukrell to join us tonight. And I'm just looking at what, uh, okay, and, and Kerry will join us in a minute. Hey, everybody, it's Zev Shalev here. It's becoming more and more expensive to buy groceries. And if you, like me, are trying to get all the nutrients and vitamins you need while still balancing your budget, it's become nearly impossible to get all the nutrients you need from food alone, especially on a budget. That's why I did the 30-day Athletic Greens Challenge in April. The plan was simple. Take the AG1 supplement throughout April and track any increases in energy levels, overall well-being, and vitality. And if my immune system felt boosted. I did it throughout April, and I have to say, I feel terrific every day taking it. I still take it every day after the 30-day challenge was over. And the biggest fear that people have about green drinks is the taste. And I have to tell you that even taking a daily, drinking this drink every day, the drink tastes great every time. It's refreshing and tastes a little bit like a tropical drink. AG1 is engineered to provide all the right nutrients at just the right time. Whether you want increased energy or improved muscle recovery, they've got it covered. And because they care about your wallets too, AG1 will only cost you around three bucks a day. To make it easy for you, Athletic Greens is also going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D 
and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash narrative. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash narrative. That's the way we spell narrative, N-A-R-A-T-I-V, to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And remember to go visit that site if you want all those free goodies attached to your order. That's athleticgreens.com forward slash narrative, N-A-R-A-T-I-V. You have some big breaking news about someone's big yacht. Um, there is a yacht uh, that has been seized in Italy. I'm looking at a letter here from Daniele Franco, Ministero della, della Economia e delle Finanze. Uh, that's the Ministry of Economy and, and Finance. And it looks to be an Italian government uh, website. And uh, they appear to have arrested. You can arrest people and you can also arrest boats. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. If you haven't paid uh, some tax or fee or uh, whatever, there's actually an international, almost an Interpol for boats. They can be shipping containers. They can be uh, yachts. You can arrest boats. They apparently have arrested the Sheheradze, which is reportedly Putin's yacht. Wow. Wow. Now, now May 9th is Russian Victory Day. Yes. But it looks like they may be starting it a little bit early. I mean, it is kind of, um, I mean, if, you're, if you had a yacht, I don't have a yacht, but if I had a yacht, I would be very disappointed if it was taken away from me just before the weekend. You know, it would be annoying because I, mean, I, I might want to go, you know, cruising around on my yacht. And I'm sure that uh, Mr. Putin must be upset that he's yacht the Sherazade. How do you say that? Sherazade. Sherazade. Is it like one of these fancy, fancy ones? Is it like the $300 million type yacht or is it like a, a lesser yacht? Probably not. It's Vladimir Putin. Of course, it's, it's the best. It's a rowboat. Yeah, <laughs> it's a canoe. Come on now, it's Putin. I wish I had a photo of this, um, but I don't. Um, well, you know, um, good. I'm glad they're taking his yacht. And now that money, according to the US government, can be used to help fund the rebuilding of Ukraine. And boy, do they need it after the mess he's made over there. We're still looking at the horrifying standoff at Mariupol. And, uh, you know, he's hoping to get, to get that done by by the 9th, which is, when is, is the 9th? The 9th is on uh, Monday. 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 So, so explain it to everyone, because, uh, you know, this is the Russian day of victory over the Germans, right? This is when they yeah. like to say that they beat fascism, even though we like to say we, we beat fascism too. They like to say they beat fascism on this particular day, because they did. They helped beat uh, Stalin. Helped beat Stalin, I guess. They killed some other Sorry, fascists. helped Hitler, yeah. Yeah, Hitler, sorry. Yeah. So and we blew up uh, Japan and Germany, and then we put Germany and Japan back on their feet to be competitors of ours in the capitalist market. And uh, Stalin just murdered a bunch of other fascists that right. they first partnered with. So there are different forms of victory between yes. us now. But Monday is May 9th. And this is a big day of celebration for Putin as he tries to make himself a hero yearly. He has these giant parades. And he's hoping that something will happen in Mariupol. He's hoping that he'll be able to uh, at least uh, declare victory at Mariupol. It doesn't look like that's even going to happen as the Ukrainians are still holed up in that steel plant um, and not really looking like they're going to let go. But, uh, you know, it'll be upsetting to him that he's lost his yacht. It'll be upsetting to him that he doesn't have his yacht as well. You know, and he's got his finger literally on the trigger mm. of some nukes right now. So, um, you know, we, shouldn't, we don't want to upset him too much. Well, hold on. First of all, there's no president that has a button to push. There's yeah. operational plans in, in countries that uh, to aim these things, these, to unleash these technologies. And you need military for that. You know, how many generals has he lost? 12 or something like that? 
Yes. I mean, a lot. So we've, we've done that to him, apparently, according to the New York Times. Um, n- not true, but just the way the New York Times is phrasing it. Yes, he's not looking good. He's not looking good. He's might, but the nuclear, the nuclear thing could be a, a nuclear detonation of some sort could solve his problems. And I know that doesn't sound like uh, it's, it's not for long. Problem. I mean, no, they. His, if, I suppose, if he launched something, it might kill some of his enemies, but it wouldn't. stop his problems as you know we have better sensor technology than he does by the way if you were watching like the last four years and Mm. you saw like the number of times the russians tried to launch like satellites these are things that you know when you're watching you know most people watch news in the morning or they have their favorite website to scan twitter during the day or maybe they have an evening program they watch rachel maddow of course, not all the information out there is on that. And if you saw like the percentage of times that stuff just freaking blew up on the pad <laughs> in Russia every year of Trump's presidency, it was like a 93% kablooey. I mean, I'm not saying like failed launch, like it got up and, you know, they were testing something that went bad. I'm saying stuff was like five, four. Yeah. And they, they like and to like blow things up main, on the way up their main yeah, did, did, there was no up it was it was just it just blew up on the pad and then you had like their main um like bioweapons factory blew up in september 2019 it's almost like the elon musk right record of sending up rockets he's not that good which is my segue into bringing in carrie Kukrul. hi carrie how are you <laughs> hi i'm well how are you I am good. It's good to have you back here. You're a little off center there on the screen. I don't oh, know if you can see. Yeah, sorry. there you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> Carrie's here because Rachel isn't here, but is also here. Carrie is because she's got uh, a lot of information about our main story tonight, which is all about Elon Musk. So do you, Eric, by the way, I have a lot of information on this. And we have been, you know, talking about Elon Musk and the danger of him buying Twitter for a good while here. We've been talking about Elon Musk previously with Kerry. You've been on the show with me on The Secret Life of Elon Musk, where we unveiled some interesting things about PayPal, one of Elon's earlier companies, and how it might have been a shady money launderer. Uh, but tonight we want to talk a little bit about the resuscitation of his deal, you know, because we all went to, you know, everyone was sort of poo-pooing the deal towards the end of last week, but somehow he seemed to, re- I mean, it seems resurrected to some extent, particularly because it now has some Saudi money attached to it. Um, this is the way it happened with one of the key investors in Twitter right now, it's Prince Tawid, I don't know, I don't know if you know how you say his name. Talweed or something? I'm not Talweed, sure. okay. Prince Talweed is an investor in Twitter currently, right? And he is originally when Elon Musk announced his offer to buy Twitter for $44 billion, the prince was not that enchanted. In fact, he said this exact thing about the original deal, which I can't read because can you read this, <laughs> any of you? <laughs> Eric or he doesn't believe the proposed offer comes close to the intrinsic value that other things Twitter. I can't see. <laughs> yeah, it's basically he says that he thought he thought it needed more money. So Elon Musk responds at the bottom there. He says, interesting, just two questions, if I may. How much of Twitter does the kingdom own directly or indirectly? And what are the kingdom's views on journalistic freedom of speech? Those are good questions. I actually have those questions too for the prince here and anyone else in Saudi Arabia. So They'll lop your head off if they don't like it. Look, at, they don't really believe in speech. On journalistic freedom of speech, but <laughs> we go live to Jamal Khashoggi. Oh, wait. Yes. I think we know yeah. what their views on free speech are. They don't really believe in speech, full stop. Never mind free speech. So Yeah, well, and it's kind of complex because, like, one of the things we obviously learn over time just watching the world play out is that 
countries and politicians that's not a monolith so there will be factions within it and it and there may be some people that are more pro-us more pro free speech than other ones um for mr Tellweed, who is a large investor in twitter um if i understand correctly he was someone who was put in the ritz by mr bonesaw <laughs> yeah yeah, so. he was. Uh, he had a little enforced stay at the Ritz when he was, yes. when MBS was doing his uh, corruption roundup. Corruption roundup. Yeah, so um, I'm not sure so. how that plays into things. Um, he seems favorable to Bill Gates because he let quote unquote Bill Gates. Oh, hold oh, on, I dog. have happy dogs. Is <laughs> it dog? Yay! Because Hammy's not here tonight, so Hammy is uh, Richard Rachel's dogs, but we don't have. We don't have that. Oh, so, yeah, we got um, little Fifi and Lucy back here. So. Okay, great. We've got a replacement pets too. I need to get one of these days. Um, so you were just saying, um, what were you saying about Mr. Tell? Tell I, I don't know all the details because I, I should follow these people more, but I don't. But I'm pretty sure that the investor in Twitter is someone who, quote unquote, let Bill Gates invest in or like buy back equity of his in the Four Seasons. Yes, I think so. Yes, that's right. He yeah. did recently. That's correct. So, but I mean, as far as the big picture, he, I would expect he doesn't like Bonesaw very much, given that he was. But that was last that. week. That was last week. He didn't like Bonesaw. And, and last week he does, he will, and sorry, maybe does, maybe does like Bonesaw, but he didn't like the deal last week. But overnight, last night, there was a change of heart by Mr. Tawid. <laughs> he says now, it's great to connect with you, my new friend, Elon Musk. Handshake, handshake. I believe you'll be an excellent leader for Twitter to propel and maximize its great potential. At Kingdom KHC and I look forward to roll out $1.9 billion in the new Twitter and join you in this exciting journey. No comments on that from Elon Musk about the, uh, the belief in, in free speech or journalistic freedom of speech anymore. None of those comments seem to rise up now from Mr. Musk. So that's interesting that he's changed his mind. They both seem to like emoji now, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure what all happened there. Yeah. So, Eric, what do you think of this? Oh, I think it's great. I mean, <laughs> how come no one's mentioning that this platform that journalists all use around the world is going to be bought by people that murder journalists by hacking mm -hmm. them into chunks and then burning them up in tandoori ovens? How is nobody mentioning this? That is, is an issue. You're mentioning it. Thank God you're mentioning it. But it's, you know, it's. I, you know, there's, there's no, you know, just to underline what you're saying, there's no freedom of speech in, in Saudi Arabia at all. Like you, there's I no mean, freedom of the press. if they just beheaded him, that would, and, or, you know, if, uh, if they beheaded him or yeah. they, you know, put him to sleep before they actually, you know, cut him into chunks or if they didn't record it or, you know, there's a number of things that would have rendered that story less memorable. But, you know, nevertheless, I remember the time they killed the guy from the Washington Post. Did yeah. the Washington Post do a story about how Twitter might be bought by the people that killed the guy who worked for the Washington Post? Anyone? Well, no. he, he, he was already an owner of, of some Twitter shares, just to be clear. He already is a current owner of some Twitter shares and has been for a while. He's also, believe it or not, which I find kind of stunning, he's also was and may still be an owner of Fox News, um, one of the key investors in Fox News. So if you can, um, Mr. Talweed over here. So oh, uh, I think they bailed out and I think they... <laughs> They bail that out. I was going to check on that, but you know, nevertheless, his history of investments in in terms of uh, journalist journalistic integrity and freedom of speech in in the United States not very impressive, except maybe on the bottom line, but not for journalists. I mean, just think of all the you know, remember there was a spy scandal inside Twitter where they had arrested 
a couple of uh, Saudis as Twitter uh, yeah. employees and they were mining the database and and mining people's yeah. private dms so they could identify dissidents in in saudi arabia this is the same country yeah <laughs> so so yeah apparently they can still own twitter after that so so there you go so they're in partnership with elon musk so that's going to be an interesting thing because sure why not well, the whole um, list is a bit uh you know interesting the whole list besides him yes it is really oh. interesting i was just going to go there so th these raised another seven billion dollars right in the last i guess it was something to do with the valuation of tesla or something that he couldn't quite uh secure the deal the way he did so last week he secured another seven billion dollars in financing from also very interesting people so you were mentioning a couple of them one of them is uh is from Oracle. Do you want to tell everyone about Michael Ellison? Well, it's Larry, Larry yeah, Ellison. Um, Larry Ellison, I, I don't know which bullet points to start with, but I have three good ones. Uh, number <laughs> one, <laughs> he's like buddies with Netanyahu, who founded Breitbart. Mm -hmm. More than buddies, more than buddies with Netanyahu, who founded Breitbart. Yeah, more than buddies. He offered, he offered him, him a, a job. Board role. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. He offered him a board role at a company. I forget which company. Um, I think it was Oracle's board. I think he was going to get a, board, a job at, after Netanyahu was turfed out of office, um, <laughs> after Biden came into office. He got an offer from the Oracle. <laughs> and, Is it from uh, Oracle, uh, the board role? <laughs> I think it was a board uh, role. And I wasn't was that while he, while Ellison was supposed to be um, a prosecution witness for Netanyahu's criminal trial? He, he is also a witness. Yeah, I think he still is a witness in the prosecution of that trial. So yeah, there's, uh, you know, he's very involved with the Netanyahu's and the, so you can see that, that we've got, you know, potentially the Saudis <laughs> and the Bibi Netanyahu wing of Israeli politics also supporting the purchase of Twitter. Hey, oh, was, yeah, Larry, was Larry Ellison? It was directly the Oracle board, but go ahead, Eric. <laughs> If Larry hangs out with Bibi that much, is Larry aware of Bibi running interference for the Sinaloa uh, cocaine cartel? Because that was the story of the week for me. I just want to know if the Oracle dudes it, knew I mean, that. he might. He might know about that, right? I mean, he would do his due diligence before offering someone a job or testifying in front of, a, of an Israeli court about the guy. So, you know, one would hope that he would. So that's just, um, so there's, there's those guys, but there's more than those guys. There's who are the other people? There was also a company called Binance. Oh, you finished your, definitely your third point about uh, Mr. Oracle here. Oh, yeah. So my third point about Mr. Oracle, besides he's close buddies with um, with Bibi <laughs> Netanyahu, he's supposed to be a prosecution witness and offered him a board seat at Oracle. And the third point being that like when I spoke out about misconduct on Elon's board, which included SpaceX and Tesla, I believe- you were witness to, right? I mean, you were witness to all of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was me. And, yeah. and you know, there's a lot of other people involved. But um, I try to be fair about these things and like not, you know, I'm not, I wasn't extorting anyone. I was trying to voice legitimate concerns about situations and behaviors um, that are pretty serious. And I wasn't asking people for money or anything like that. I just want to make sure it didn't happen again. And long story short, um, I believe Musk's 420 tweet where he wanted to privatize Twitter and um, his 420 tweet where he needed all this private money to take Twitter or Tesla private yeah, yeah. was like two days after I spoke to his attorney. You were speaking out about his wow. misconduct on his board and wanting to I, do, I don't want to put words in your mouth here. What was the misconduct? I don't want to like go into all that detail today, but it okay. wasn't good. And, um, it obviously, like, I had concerns about the behavior of 
investors as well as founders in Silicon Valley and blurred lines between them and politicians and misconduct, which if you put that all into a very nice bow means like maybe, you know, sexual intelligence operations. Ah, okay. Two days later, two days later, one out of them. Two days later, he sends out a tweet saying, uh, "You know, I think I'm going to take uh, Tesla private now because uh, you know the money was coming from Saudi Arabia." Saudi Arabia. Interestingly, yeah, interestingly enough, and oh. uh, so there's a thread here, obviously, that we need to look keep looking at. But um, oh yeah, and, and then when he didn't do anything for like a year, which uh, you know I can understand why things can be tricky in that realm and maybe sometimes people speak out and they don't have good intentions and things like that but it was like a year nothing was happening there was like conclusive you know summaries on it and uh must didn't do anything and so it's one of the three reasons cited for why musk was going to be removed as chairman of tesla and mm. when they removed him ellison became the chairman oh so so mr oracle <laughs> This article is going to behind Twitter that. was going to be the yeah. chairman of the company, or he was the chairman of the company. He was, was the briefly... chairman of Tesla. Like after oh, I spoke out and Musk had to get replaced, they put Ellison. Interesting. In. Interesting. So you got. <coughs> yeah, I see what you're saying here. I see what you're saying here. So this is all. It's like a combination of the I Saudis got... and BB and uh, an Oracle and Musk. And it's go ahead, Eric. <laughs> I got to know the timeline here. Had Jared Kushner created peace in the Middle East before that? <laughs> because <laughs> i need the context of all this uh that was a uh, piece came after it's still it's still, actually, ah. <laughs> it's still elusive so this was on the road to peace the saudis and netanyahu's friends were yeah they were starting a bro yeah. hug but this, before we, you know, I, actually keep, I try yeah. to be like extremely um transparent with people and also like I try to be objective with myself so people can misbehave or have poor behavior or some of it more serious than, you know, other things. But that being said, I do also understand that people get targeted and like blackmail, blackmail, you know, networks, they target people that have affiliation with national security. So on the one hand, there's all that mess. And on the other hand, it's like, okay, well, you know, Peter Diamandis was hosting Maxwell at his wonderful ocean sea events you don't see a billion bots sharing peter diamandis photos with maxwell or her virus friends like you just see a billion photos of musk in this vanity fair party that we don't know the context so that's yeah. like mm. you know i just this, try is, to the, this is the context and, you know there's, there's a lot around maxwell and musk we'll get to it a little later because we've got to get to epstein but before we do that um, let's just finish this deal because it is an interesting group of people. We'll get back to exactly how they all connect because they do. But um, there's, a, there's a company called Binance. Oh, it's yeah. A <laughs> company, it's a crypto company, I think, uh, out of China, if I'm not mistaken, or something like that. It's a, it's a crypto you like exchange. Some, yeah. Go ahead, Eric. <laughs> would you like some but say, would a car wash in your laundromat with your... <laughs> <laughs> it's a combination strip club, washing machine, restaurant experience. Experience. <laughs> um, music, Put digital music in, platform. Get money out somehow. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. if you're lucky. 
Um, so they're excited about this. Apparently, the CEO of Binance, Mr. Cheng Peng Zhao, told the Financial Times that his crypto exchange would offer Musk almost unconditional support for the takeover of Twitter after a rapid Hello. deal that left the parody the party's little time to discuss details. In fact, just it's more of a blank check, Zhao said, <laughs> after committing five hundred million dollars to Musk's deal. So. <laughs> It's a direct quote for the Financial Times. So apparently, no, no, no. So this is a <laughs> these guys are owning Twitter. People, if you're watching on Twitter, this, this is, is the your dumbest platform. timeline. Yeah, yeah. There's a guy from. Um, I'm sorry, my hair is like a mess, so I just keep like messing with it. But um, there's a guy who is from like Chinese state media, which is censored, also. Mm. Yeah. And he constantly trolls Biden. Constantly. Oh, yeah trolls him and he he was from stanford i think he's from i forget what program probably some joy ito funded thing and <laughs> um, he he's constantly trolling biden and never has a good thing to say about the united states but well, china's china's does this. not does not love uh, the united states right now and but uh, no. neither it's not reciprocal either we don't love them either that much because especially no, if they seem to be likes this deal sorry that man likes this deal. Oh, he does like this deal. Oh, he does. Yeah. The, 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 the troll, of Biden's troll from oh, China oh, likes Chinese. this deal. I'm yes. sure. I'm sure he likes the deal. As we pointed out last time on the show, you know, Mr. Musk has a lot of interests in China, has, sells a lot of cars in China, and also requires their batteries and all sorts of other things. So, yeah. Hey, hey guys, where, where do you think the headquarters is for Binance? <laughs> There's two. Do you want to guess? The Cayman uh, Islands and Shanghai. One. Cayman Islands is one. <laughs> is one. Cayman Islands and the Seychelles. Oh, oh So you could, you could run They'll be both. opening a third branch in, on the Isle of Jersey uh, yeah. in, within the week or Guernsey. Yeah. Oh, wow. So they're um, money launderers, basically. I don't want to say that <laughs> <laughs> definitively, but that looks it's like to me. It's a, it's a car wash <laughs> inside of a, of a strip club inside it's of a like, laundromat. Is it, are you telling me this is a Chinese cash skating rink? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> you got it in one. So, okay, um, so that's so we've got we've covered Oracle, the Saudis, Binance. Um, what about uh, Brookfield, Toronto-based company owned basically Qatar. by the Qatar? Qatar, yeah, yeah, Qatar. yeah, they're Qatar, and um, and Sequoia Capital, which I believe is like China. a Chinese. Uh, China, yeah, it's China. You, right, basically. you missed one. Did I? Who did I miss? You missed Draper Fisher Jurvetson, which oh. put in a hundred million dollars, and that's the firm I spoke out about. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. I'm sorry, it's not in my. It's, I didn't quite cut the uh, I, the Financial Times here. Okay. Yeah. Boy, do I have interesting things about that. You know, so, so tell us about this. <laughs> this gets kind of complicated, but um, it gets complicated. Why don't you tell us about? Um, <laughs> I don't even know where to go here. Oh, oh, oh and, and by the way, um, yeah. guess where the Draper Fisher Jurvetson fund is that was paying Newt Gingrich when he man. was running for president? Guess where that's registered? I don't know. The Cayman Islands. Cayman Islands. <laughs> I want to go to the Cayman Islands. It seems like a nice place to go. <laughs> Lots of rich people go there. Um, so the uh, Tim Draper. <laughs> I, I, I don't have a slide for him because I'm a little disappointed I don't have a slide for him. But uh, why don't you uh -oh. tell us a little bit about who Tim Draper is because he's an important dude. Um, uh, where do I start? So Just with like, his origins, like a brief, like one line, like the, as brief as you can be about him because I know we could talk endlessly as we have about him, but... Uh, um. If he is a, just a summary give, of who he is. I'll give the, like, the, the top-level summary. Yeah. Um, point one, his daddy, Bill, 
is like highly connected globally in matters of politics and technology as well as war reconstruction. That's point one. Uh, and he, his daddy, I say daddy because I feel, you know, he may be spoiled. Um, his daddy also founded Silicon Valley. Founded Silicon he's, Valley. He was the founder like, of Silicon Valley. He's called like a father of Silicon Valley. Okay. He kind of established Sand Hill Road. None of this, which I knew anything about whatsoever before I met mm. any anyone in this circle. Like I knew nothing, but apparently he, like obviously now I'm aware Sand Hill Road was a big deal and um, his father like established a, a venture capital you know, in, in Silicon Valley. So that, that's one thing. Other thing about Tim Draper is that, um, I'm going to give you the two most like fun points. He's very into Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. Shocking. <laughs> Shocking. Um, yeah. point three. Yeah. Uh, he, he has some very interesting characters that work for him. I would point out one named Frank Creer, who was working with Masha Drakova. Masha Drakova, who was Putin's kiss and like was Epstein's publicist. And for whatever reason, like Tim has a lot of ladies around him that were Epstein publicists, including Rachel Wolfson, whose um, work got deleted from, I think it was Forbes because she wrote this glowing piece about Jeffrey Epstein and Bitcoin without mentioning that he was a convicted pedophile. Wow, 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 wow. Here's what Tim Draper said about the deal in the New York Times just uh, yesterday, I think. Relying on his small crew and and hewing to his own thinking, have enabled Mr. Musk to call the shots and conduct himself with few restraints, this is in the New York Times objective, turning him into a Howard Hughes-like figure of the modern age, even as his seat-of-the-pants methods often create bedlam. Mr. Musk works in a way that only the, quote, most confident leaders do, said Tim Draper, a venture capitalist who backed Mr. Musk's electric automaker. Tesla and his rocket company, SpaceX. Think JFK, George Washington, and Ronald Reagan, all in one. Wow, guy likes him. Guy likes him. So um, New York Times, very objective journalism. You know, continue to be brilliant stuff, guys. Um, Don't mention the Saudis. (laughs) Don't mention uh, Oracle and Netanyahu. But just talk about George Washington, JFK, and Ronald Reagan in one. And you've got- Was that the New York Times? Yeah, it's New York Times. So oh they, my god! Yeah, that's, I mean, it's a shade. It was a maybe a shade more objective than Maggie Haberman, but it's hard to tell. Well, it's, it's, I didn't even check. It might have been her. <laughs> I don't think it was, but but you know. I she mean, was why didn't busy. she put the link of Tim doing his like Ostia Angel striptease for women venture capitalists, where he took off a piece of clothing for everyone he funded? Oh, I'm sorry. Could you run? <laughs> <laughs> could I wish you, I would have researched these things ahead of time. You know. Yeah, just well, say I'm slower for the just, audience because I can get the horror just washes over me quickly <laughs> and I get it. But was a you got to slow it down for the folks at home. What, okay, Draper Fisher Jerverson's one of the, the just largest. Google, Google Tim Draper Ostia Angels and you'll find the lovely video of him dedicated to Ostia Angels where he like does basically a strip down. Oh. And he takes something off for every women founder that he funds, but then he misses the last bit because, oh, he didn't actually fund her. 
Oh, that's so nice of him to not to not do that. It's not fun doing. I mean, but, whatever. So this sure is a... I don't know whatever was going on. There. That's disgusting. Yeah, I have no idea. That is so gross. I, just, I can't I'm believe just it. I'm curious why they did have more questions for him from the New York Times. Like, yeah, that's very... I, that, no, they were too busy asking about how Elon Musk is a seat of the pants kind of guy. His most confident well, leaders. Think of JFK, George, George Washington, Washington, and Ronald Reagan, but only in the way of mobster slave owner mobster <laughs> no, in no other ways like none of them were going to go to the moon this, this article when you read it is insane i mean it's just like it takes everything that's bad about elon musk and glorifies it i mean like oh i don't believe in business plans he says yeah no kidding that's why you've tanked your companies <laughs> almost all the time like i mean and they mysteriously get funded by people we don't know yeah, from foreign I countries i also noticed that tim draper when elon musk was not a fan of bitcoin that tim draper was sure to go out very quickly and chastise him about that and turn him around because he will find that bitcoin is the most green you know choice oh, for him yeah. and then elon turned around like I, I'm not surprised by any of this, except the striptease is the first time I've heard that. That was really uh, new for me. I've got such a surprise yeah, coming up for you. Because, and I was yeah. not, you know, yeah. I've, I've got to do an ad and, you know, I'm not going to do it right now because I have to do something here. But so we'll wait on the ad. I'm going to give you the big surprise now. So you, there's a guy named, uh, we mentioned Tim Draper. He's also part of this deal to buy Twitter. Yes. This thing you're watching us on right now probably is Twitter. And that probably will be owned by a consortium of countries that don't believe in free speech at all. And uh, Tim Draper's friend, I would say friend, maybe business partner named uh, Howard Morgan. Does that guy ring a bell to you? Oh, yes. Howard Morgan, who also invested in Scott Borgerson's cargo metrics, which was Maxwell's secret husband. Yes, sir. I remember that. Remember that Mary Ghislaine Maxwell had a secret husband, not Jeffrey Epstein, Scott Borgerson, who ran this. Uh, it was a, they were tracking shipments of cargo around the world, basically. And he was an investor there. But he's also, interestingly, an investor in Tesla as well, because as I found out, don't look at the right of the screen yet. We'll get there in a second. But Howard Morgan was a first vice chairman or one of the early vice chairman of Tesla. Is that true? That you know that that's correct, right? Howard Morgan, Tesla, early it was a vice chair there, early investor, according to. I that is news to me. So I'm actually surprised. Uh, okay. I was I, aware I, recently that he his co-founder at Rentech had to give $8 billion back from the IRS recently. Before we get to Rentech, because that's going to set a lot of things off here and everyone's uh, okay. things. I just want to make sure I've got this right. So let me look here. Dr. Howard Morgan, co-founder of the first round capital renaissance technology, the first invest in Uber, da, 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 and a former chairman of Esla. What? He was a chairman of Tesla? Founders of Qualcomm. And maybe not. Maybe they're saying they invested in the DLA Piper to co found Let's read this carefully. Uh, Timothy C. Piper is a very old law firm. And it has the distinction. It was the very first entity to have to register for the Foreign Agents Registration Act in 1941. Oh. Even before TAS, the Soviet. So this uh, isn't correct, right? I know where this is from. And that referenced a former chairman of Tesla is probably Larry Ellison. And this company is called NeuroVigil. It's a brand Yes, yes, that's right. It's a NeuroVigil. That's exactly where that's from. Okay, so he's connected to Musk in that. How is he connected to Musk? Is he directed through Draper, really? He's not the vice chairman. He's referring to Ellison there. Yeah, it's okay. a very uh, tight crew, it seems. Okay, So Ellison right. back in the mix there again. Good, yeah. I'm glad I checked I'm that. I'm guessing that's Ellison. I'm glad I checked that because, but let's move on to the other side of Mr. Morgan here because everyone knows Rentech from who watches our show because Rentech is Robert and Rebecca Mercer's company. Now, Renaissance Technology is the hedge fund that, you know, some people say, and I've got to be careful here, certainly my research has indicated that it's lots full of lots of Russian scientists. 
and who manipulated maybe the markets, I don't know, but has an extraordinary success rate as a hedge fund, more success than almost anybody else. And so that track record has caused a lot of interest. And of course, as you point out, Rebecca and Robert Mercer owed $8 billion to the IRS, uh, which they just recently paid back because, you know, just because, but also because they were the chief funders of the Trump campaign. So you go back to, you know, the people who funded Donald Trump and gave us all those, that lovely four years of presidency, Robert and Rebecca Mercer were there. They were also the owners of Breitbart and worked with Stephen Bannon. So, you know, just to complete the circle of the kinds of people associated with this deal to buy Twitter, it, none of them give you the idea that we're going to be in any sort of free speech nirvana or anything like that. I mean, we're heading into yeah, either like a police state version of Twitter or like a casino version of Twitter, but nothing like it looks I think like a right casino now. Casino version was pro- yeah. is probably going to be. Yeah. You know, that's interesting given obviously that Bannon founded the Jerusalem office of Breitbart under mm-hmm. Netanyahu. So, yeah, you, just love, you love banging on that, don't you? <laughs> I do. But it's because true. I mean, it's aren't they anti Semites? I thought they were anti Semites. These are this is the old. What about the Nazis? <laughs> Apparently not. You know what's interesting about Rentech? Let me just take a little bit more through here, Rentech, and because I just have to found this today, and I thought, why not? Just Steve Bannon. You remember Steve Bannon? We just talked about him. Kellyanne Conway. Yeah. He's number two at the Trump campaign. They were really don't ever worked- put Kellyanne on on a slide again. I don't. It's going in the context. <laughs> no more. I, I will. I will get rid of her next time. But uh, they are associated with Robert and Rebecca Mercer, of course, because Robert and Rebecca Mercer were were the funders, and they placed these two people, Bannon and Kellyanne Conway, at the head of the Trump campaign. And again, we know that Robert and Rebecca Mercer are part of Rentech. They also have this really close association with, and they also have this amazing association with the Deutsche Bank. So I don't know that, but Robert and Rebecca Mercer's Rentech was basically operated on a Deutsche Bank platform, which is interesting. Wait, 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 wait. I have never heard that detail before. Run that back. That, that Deutsche that Bank Rentech ran on a Deutsche, Deutsche Bank, Bank. Yeah, my my platform. research. Yeah, basically that they use Deutsche Bank was the banker of Rentech is basically what it was. And just to make it even more interesting here, this Rebecca Mercer's husband at the time, I believe they're no longer married to each other, but at the time was this guy named Sylvain Morochnikov, who was uh, the International Securities Exchange, and was, that's where he worked, but his specific role was to partner with the Moscow Exchange. So that's interesting because Deutsche Bank and the Kremlin have an interesting association with each other, and that you can see on the very right of the screen here. Russian President Vladimir Putin shakes hands with an ex-Deutsche Bank chief executive, Joseph Ackerman, and the head of Knauf Group, Niklaus Wilhelm Knauf, in 2010. Ackerman would go on to join the Russian-owned Bank of Cyprus, largely hey. thought of as a money laundering operation for Russia. And then, of course, that's where Wilbur Ross also worked as vice chairman. So... This is about as corrupt as you can possibly get. I mean, this does not, you don't get any more corrupt than this. This is about as dirty a bunch of people as you can. Imagine. You left, so, no, you left Hezbollah off. There's true. Um, penny true. stock. I mean, yeah. look, you had some more space there, Zev. You can do better. But just trying to line where I'm basically getting at here, there's a connection between Vladimir Putin and the purchase of Twitter. And I just, you know, it's not direct because as we point out that, uh, you know, Mr. Morgan, as far as I'm aware, is not investing in Twitter, but his associates, they seem to be investing in Twitter. So it sounds like the Russian Israeli that, 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 that. Sounds like the Russian Israeli <laughs> mob, doesn't it? It just does. Yes, I'm sorry, does. but it does. And yeah. I don't know what else to say about that, except it's unfortunate if Twitter lands up in the hands of the Saudis, 
Larry Ellison of Oracle and Bibi Netanyahu's good friend, the Chinese Binance company, which does cryptocurrency, Mr. Draper, who you've mentioned, loves cryptocurrency too. And maybe also some people who are associated with Vladimir Putin and Deutsche Bank. Because, you know, Deutsche Bank, there's another good story. We're going to get to that when we talk about SCOTUS a little later on. So, all right. That's, oh, look, oh, you see, I always put too much in the show. It's already 747. We never get get stuff. No, the world puts too much in front of us every <laughs> 31 hours. I know, it's, it's true. It's our fault. It's true. It's crazy how much news there is. I was going to try and connect all of this to Anthony Kennedy's son who worked for Deutsche Bank because, you know, there's a big question mark about why Anthony Kennedy was never allowed on the Supreme Court. It was never, never stayed at the Supreme Court because Trump and his family pressured him to leave. And his, it turns out that Anthony Kennedy's son was the chief, well, one of the most loyal bankers to Donald Trump in Deutsche Bank. To complete oh. a circle there. Just to complete a giant big circle. I, I have all the details about that, but it might have to wait until next week sometime because it's, <laughs> uh, it's a lot to take in. So... Yeah. What do you think? What are the odds of us actually staying on Twitter once this takeover takes place? I don't know. I don't know. I don't attempt anything, but it's like a... Is CompuServe still open? <laughs> <laughs> we better find a, 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 you know, maybe a backup home because, boy, it looks a little, ha- little shady. Ham radio? <laughs> Ham <Like>, radio. <laughs> Shortwave radio. Could be. Ham radio. <laughs> You pigeons? I don't know. I just think that maybe we should avoid this purchase. I think people just got a little noisy about it. Maybe this thing won't happen. Maybe the idea that Elon Musk is somehow going to save Twitter is just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So the language about the bots is positive, but the rest of it, I mean, I'm guessing it would just basically be like there's a war right now for whose digital currency is going to win. Yeah. Which mafia, which government, which whatever. There's a war on who's is going to win, and whoever buys Twitter will have a leg up on that. Uh, so you think it's all about currency? It's all about yes. uh, crypto. Where do you see the link there? Well, because before, what's his name? Jack Dorsey left. What was he doing? He was tying up Bitcoin to Twitter. Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And so now That's he left. Right, and then which one will Musk pick? Mm. Ethereum? He's involved with Dogecoin, isn't he? And then he has that language to the Cuba. moon AMC. That's yeah. Rentech. Oh, that's Rentech. Oh, um, interesting. So Ethereum had a very, uh, you know, weird indictment attached to one of its, uh, you know, co-founders. I think Virgil Griffith is his name. He had a bit of a, an issue there. He got indicted for going uh, to North Korea and helping train up the government there about how to evade sanctions, which is frowned upon, right? And they did a superseding indictment that involved a guy named Alexandre de Cao, who's a Spanish nobleman who is like, the, you know, did we, Zeb, did we talk about this? I mean, I, I forget between heads of state laundering cocaine and, you know. <laughs> This and that. I mean, I forget. I honestly forget what. But you know, they indicted the number one Westerner who is like the middleman between the Kim regime in North Korea and the rest. Oh, really? Of yeah, and that superseding. So the basically, you know, a key player in the North Korean regime is a co-defendant with the founder of Ethereum. Oh. oh, so there's a connection to, between the, the North Korean regime and Ethereum. Interesting. Um, and, well, because yeah. they were using Griffiths was there to teach them some tips and tricks and some technical workarounds that would help 
them evade sanctions even more and probably not a shock that the National Security Division indicted him since he's an American citizen. And we frown on that. We really frown on that. So yeah. cryptocurrency is really bad for the world. Why is it not banned yet in the United States? I don't think it's I think the idea of digital money is not a horrible idea altogether. Yeah. No. It's just like not great when the Russian Israeli mafia is starting it. Right, so, right. right. So maybe I they can think of like, another way. Yeah, find another way or regulate it to some mm. degree. But right I mean, now, it seems that every time I look at the news, it, someone is stealing hundreds of millions of dollars out of the American economy through these cryptocurrencies. They're constantly going down, there's constantly scams happening. And oh, where's that money going? I mean, it's disappearing, it's just taken out of the American economy forever. Well, if you read, was it ever American? To, yeah, oh, was it? Right, true. Yeah, whose currency is being pushed out where? But For still, it's coming. A lot of it is coming out of the American economy because we're such yeah. a rich country. Yeah. Oh, I was just thinking so much of this is to avoid sanctions for, you know, sanctioned countries or sanctioned entities and also to evade taxation. One of the biggest subtweets and best subtweets I've ever seen was from a little known account. Y'all should sign up for IRSCI. That's the Internal Revenue Service Criminal Investigation Service. (laughs) They are the ones who They're Treasury FinCEN, but not as cuddly. Yeah. If they, you know, you do not want to see IRSCI attached to anything in your name. And they highlighted the activity of their office in The Hague, Netherlands. And they said there's a big connection between cryptocurrency and, you know, money laundering and tax evasion and The Hague. And that was mm. the tweet. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was like, Hmm. That's not a tweet you, mean, you want to see if you're living in, if you're in the Hague. That's interesting. I mean, if you're running giant human trafficking networks yeah. and you're using crypto in order to grease those wheels, uh, that would be considered a crime against humanity that might end up at. You'd, oh, be, yeah. you'd need both the trafficking and the finance to be. Uh, you could investigate at the Hague. that there, right? You could investigate that at the Hague. That would be interesting. You mentioned earlier, Carrie, any last thoughts about uh, crypto? You, I think we maybe cut you off there. And, yeah, and well, we something. were talking about Vitalik Buterin and Ethereum, and I'll save you the hours that it would take to listen to the one episode of Vitalik Buterin on Lex Friedman's podcast, because it was mm. very long, but I have a vested interest in listening. And some of the key points are, number one, that Ethereum and cryptocurrency allow fringe activities that maybe perhaps the government doesn't think are, you know, he claims that are victimless crimes related to sex and drugs that are, you know, considered fringe and that there are actual no victims of that cryptocurrency facilitates. So he points that out that he's actually either the person or one of the people that funded the development of Dogecoin. That was also Um, Mark Cuban, wasn't it? uh, He pumps it. I don't know if he funded the development of it. He might have, but Vitalik said, like, I put in this amount of money to help develop this coin. And then when Elon pumped it, Vitalik took a billion dollars out Mm. and sent it to India. Mm. And um, for a nonprofit. Mm. And then he explained that he also donated to other nonprofits, but they didn't come forward like this billion dollar one. So they may choose to come forward and talk about that. He also suggested there are multiple signatories on his wallet, but he did not disclose who the other signatories are. Hmm. Interesting. And Elon Musk likes to promote that Dogecoin quite a lot. So he was for a period of time. So, you know, that gives you a sense of the kind of people involved in crypto and the kind of people involved in trying to buy Twitter, supposedly for free speech. One last picture here of uh, Elon Musk at the White House. 
talking to his good friend. There's Stephen Bannon. So he must know Stephen Bannon from before this particular meeting. And, and there's Donald Trump. That's an interesting pose Donald Trump has there. Uh, there's Stephen Miller. Just people you want to hang out with when you're interested in promoting free speech. And uh, I don't know who the front there is, but there you go. So welcome to the new owners of Twitter, everybody. We ought to stop that. People ought to stop that. I don't know how we ought to stop that. I'll just say we ought to stop that. It's not a good idea. Nothing we've said tonight that makes you feel great. The Twitter is going to be amazing under the uh, ownership of the Saudis, Deutsche Bank. Larry Ellison. Yeah, all those crowds. No. I need to know if Binance is going to own this thing. I need to know, is this based in the Caymans or the Seagulls? Because <laughs> I have my... It's a blank check, Eric. It's a blank check. You can do whatever you want with Look, it, man. Put if it we're going to merge, <laughs> if we're going to merge this with casinos, then I think we should be able to bet on the accuracy of Louise Mensch tweets. Oh my gosh! Oh, you went right In there. In cryptocurrency, <laughs> let's do it. You are naughty. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I I haven't taken any shots yet. You notice you, I'm, you I'm You've been very good today. You've been very good today. I still got to tell people about the athletic greens thing. I I'm just... going to do it. I don't take athletic you know, greens, but Zev does, and that's why he looks better than I do, and uh, he's healthier. <laughs> Um, we're both that, facing you know, the same stress where all I do is consume comfort foods and increase my cholesterol while Zev gets uh, healthier and younger looking as the episodes go. And uh, my friend Roger's wife actually used this and is an actual health coach and is actually healthier than both of us. And Zev says Athletic Greens tastes good and so does uh, so does my friend. And athleticgreens.com, it, right? No, athleticgreens.com forward slash narrative, N-A-R-A-T-I-V. Forward slash narrative, so we get a couple yeah. bucks and we can continue we don't get to bring bucks. just how many so. Israeli, Russian, Chinese spies are up in everything you use every day. <laughs> this is not free, folks. Uh, and you didn't way. know, if you didn't come to narrative, it, well, look, you need to go to athleticgreens.com forward slash narrative. Or you're not going to know which venture capitalists in Silicon Valley do strip teases for the ladies' night. Yay. And will you, you'll feel healthy and energetic enough to do strip tease at your next round you know, of venture you, capital. Yeah. Thing. The next time I invest in, a, in any company, I will give a strip tease to the owners and, the, and whatever, whatever, anyone else wants, I'll do a strip tease. If I ever get to invest in a company in my life, I'll, I will do that. It, and I want to give a quick shout out to Zev because anyone you know who really covers real stuff like Zev is going to suffer slings and arrows, which he has. And no one else talks about this. For so. good reason. No one wants those slings and arrows, and we get lots of them around here. But, you know, people have to be able to understand that because we're, we're getting those slings and arrows because we're doing this coverage. I mean, it must be pretty obvious because we are the only people talking about this stuff and uh, comes to the territory. But, you know, people who believe that stuff, well, I don't know, then you shouldn't believe it because it ain't true. On that note... I think it's time to say goodnight. Carrie, it's always great to have you on the show. I'm always blown away by your detail and firsthand knowledge of all of this stuff. It's kind of amazing. And I hope we'll get you back on soon and we'll do more of this stuff because we still have episode two of Elon Musk to do mm -hmm. on The Secret Life and, and so much more. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Is there anything else you want to share or promote or anything like that? No, thank you. All right. I appreciate it. See how honest she is? No, someone else would have it a book and a, and a <laughs> I'm not writing a book. I just want people to understand, like, it's kind of messed yeah. up. It's kind of messed up. He's right. Eric, do you want to talk about uh, game theory and uh, when the no, next I, I is? Look, I have a one-man corporate bond burlesque show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, doing, 
<laughs> Amazing. <laughs> that I'm doing at the Diamond Cabaret in East St. Louis, uh, okay. Illinois. At about 2 a.m., I go on. <laughs> and uh, the first half hour is going to be municipal bonds, and the second half hour we do high-end <laughs> bonds. Oh, yeah. And brought to you by Dogecoin. And, <laughs> and uh, if you refinance, get, actually, the number of plans for Twitter that, that have gone by so fast kind of makes me think that these guys, they're all just running around. They don't know what to do with a variety of things, yeah. you know, happening. But for a hot minute before he got apparently the Bonesaw Mafia and <laughs> the, the, Binance, the, the Chinese bundling blunderers and the Caymans, before that, they're like, we've got... Apollo and Eris, and I fell off my chair because once upon a time I wrote about Guitar Center and I said, look, you know what's going to happen? Guitar Center is going to go bankrupt. I, I wrote an expose on Guitar Center's finances because uh, they dared me to, which is a long story, but it ends up being very dirty and ends up involving bank capital and Eris management oh. and Eris and Apollo are sort of twin financial giants that are both related to Michael Milken and the old junk bond of yore in the 1980s. I'm why I'm, I'm blanking on. Um, anyways, Milken went to jail and his two lieutenants were, King, yeah. Uh, yeah, junk bond King and uh, Drexel Burnham Lambert. Yeah. And his two lieutenants there were Leon Black, yeah. who we all know as Jared Kushner's pal and Jeffrey Epstein's financier. Yeah. And then Anthony Ressler, and Anthony Ressler has Eris Capital, which ended up being behind Guitar Center and all this sort of like takeover of the musical instrument industry that was very uncool, man. And I said, you know, I bet like in 2017 as a joke before I knew some of the other connections to Israeli intelligence and other things that that had. I was like, you're going to see Guitar Center go bankrupt on the same day they, they throw handcuffs on Donald Trump. And when, <laughs> and then Elon Musk announces, oh, I, I think I got this. I'm going to buy it. I think I've got Apollo and Eris, and I fell off my chair. Because I'm like, we're getting wow. this close we are getting to a close. joint. If we can just arrest Donald Trump at a guitar center, you, you got the, the whole done. I'm, you, I've hit the high score. You know, it was interesting as well. Uh, I should point out that when the Elon Musk was going to sell Tesla to the Saudis, it was Epstein who introduced that deal, who made that deal uh, become a reality. So uh, you were just mentioning <laughs> Epstein there and Leon Black, and it's just like, oh. <laughs> Stop! You, you could just, you could name any story and name seven people involved in this thing, and they're always the same seven people. So it is. It's always the yeah, same. Yeah, two days after saying, I don't want anything, but you guys are not right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to leave it I mean, at that. Are Thank there more? Uh, are there just 20? Sorry, we got to keep going. Yeah. Are there only like 29 traders just who just have all the money and traffic yeah. all the cocaine and snort all the cocaine and traffic all the children yes. and own all the stocks yes. of yes. three companies? Yes, that's basically what you have. I can name them all because I have a giant chart of them. I mean, it's just like, it's always the same people. You're like, oh, it's you again? <laughs> Don't you give anyone else a chance to do anything? It's always the same guys. It's like, God, again? You know, it's like perfectly good mobsters out there who need a chance, kids. Yeah. <laughs> Let someone else break through a little bit here. I mean, otherwise, you know, it's always like, it's repetitive. You know, it's always the same story. And then, you know, on top of that, you've got, and we didn't cover it today, but this guy who was the... British Virgin Islands premier who was bust for trafficking. <laughs> this guy here. He was probably bust And then for they let him go. So it's about hundreds of millions of dollars worth of cocaine or something, this guy. The premier, the leader of the British Virgin Isles was arrested in Miami a week, few weeks ago. We we're talking about this. What happened what? to him, Eric? <laughs> a federal judge in the Southern District of Florida let him go. The government recommended he be remanded. Yeah. 
and that leads me to kind of two scenarios there. Either he's one of ours, or maybe the judge isn't. Yeah, it's, I think it's really weird that they would have arrested this guy who's a premier, because he can't be one of ours, they would have checked that, maybe. But, and look, you know, and yeah. he thought he was dealing with a member of the Sinaloa who was going to hook him up with Hezbollah. Yeah, right. So definitely not That's one of us. <laughs> and also the Queen just announced right after that that she was going to take over direct control of the British Virgin Islands because of maladministration on whatever that oh. may mean. It's drug dealing, it's drug smuggling, it's a maladministration. It's not just a problem she's, with the filing. Like, bless the, her heart, she's so dear, she can't say the word drug. Yeah, <laughs> she can profit with it, go, but not the other way one. around. Yeah, so, and then, you know, it just reminded me that the last time someone got off for a, a major human trafficking kind of crime or trafficking kind of crime was Jeffrey Epstein in Florida. Remember that? Because he also yeah. had a sweetheart deal because the royal family intervened in that. Just saying. Yeah. But on that I mean, note, <laughs> this has been the, the naughtiest show we've done. Uh, <laughs> this is going to, no, the world, this is not our fault, folks. This is, the world is making narrative episodes take five hours at a time because <laughs> it's that stupid. It's, I didn't it's get to half the show today. I mean, I really had some really good stuff about Anthony Kennedy's son and the link to Deutsche Bank and the corruption of the Supreme Court that's basically now taking away our rights to, and he's going to criminalize women having children. I mean, this is, the periods, this is where we're at. Periods are outlawed. Yeah, you got to go to jail if you have kids. That's because we're, we're a family-centric party and we care about the family. So we're going to, yeah, we're going to arrest you all for having kids. I mean, the level of insanity that we've now approached in this world has gone, you know, we've lost the plot. And I do think that there is some symmetry between what's going on with Donald Trump, but also with, between Elon Musk and his attempt to suppress free speech by buying Twitter, which is a major free speech vehicle. It really is. And he is going to suppress free speech, uh, one of our key freedoms in America, by purchasing Twitter. And then on the other hand, you've got these activist Supreme Court judges who think it's okay to strip away abortion and reproductive rights, reverse Roe v. Wade, and take away every other predicate for privacy that we've ever had, including, you know, privacy to sleep with whoever we want to or live where we want to or uh, how we love to, all these things. They want to take away all of those rights because they don't think they're guaranteed to us at the same time that Mr. Musk and his friends are trying to take freedom of speech away from us because of Twitter. It is a confluence of events which makes me think that this is not just happening coincidentally, then maybe these masters of the universe, enemies of democracy, whoever they are, are actually trying to take over democracy and trying to destroy it piece by piece by piece, which is exactly what I think is happening right now. And we are all sitting around completely bewildered because, you know, I don't know, whatever Fox News is on or MSNBC is on and telling us a version of events, but we're not seeing the big picture. The big picture is the enemies of democracy are coming for your rights and they're doing it right now in real time and they're fully operational. This is no longer speculative or they're planning. Mm -hmm. They are in the field. They are operating right now to take away your freedom of speech, your freedom of reproduction, freedom of women's rights, and they're going to work on LGBT marriage next and everything else that they can find along the way. This is a major five alarm fire in America right now. And I don't know if people are paying attention to it, but they should. So there you go. On that note, are you ready to say goodbye? Have a great weekend. <laughs> Have a great weekend, everybody. <laughs> Narrative is made possible by viewers like you. You too can support our independent journalism by going to www.patreon.com forward slash narrative. <laughs>